to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Sarah DeLaudorante. Sarah supports General Motors' Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion as a talent strategist for DEI Workforce Design. She is the program manager for Take Two, GM's career reentry program and led its recent transformation from a returnship to a direct hire model. In this episode, Sarah will tell us about the Take-Two program and how it has evolved, as well as who is eligible and what the application process looks like. Sarah, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thank you, Carol. It's great to be here. Well, it's so great to be speaking with you. I just want to start by learning a little bit about your professional background and how you got involved in managing the Take-Two program. Yeah, well, my background and my roots are in the recruiting space. Um, So I grew up in talent acquisition. Uh, When we first launched Take-Two back in 2016, uh, I was a recruiter. So I supported Take-Two in that capacity. So sourcing and looking for talent, sharing talent with hiring leaders. Um, If we fast forward to 2019, I was actually sitting as a talent insights partner, so more in a data strategist role. Mm -hmm. And I was tapped in to support um, the current program manager of our Take-Two group at that time. She had um, asked me to support with hiring leader training, so more insights on the landscape, kind of the mindset, uh, upskill redevelopment that relaunchers might be looking for from a professional skill set standpoint. About mid-cycle, that program manager was needing to head out on leave, so I was the natural choice to step in and cover that leave. So I actually got to pick up um, our fall 2019 cohort from about the midpoint through its ending point at 12 weeks where we made full-time offers. And it really just left me with an impression that this this program was um, truly, truly valuable in not just providing with us with exceptional talent, but the opportunity to watch that talent blossom and being their complete support system. So um, from that point forward, it, it became even more of a passion point for me. Um, I then stepped into our um, sourcing team leadership role in 2020. And in 2021, when we picked up the redevelopment of the Take-Two program, I um, led the redevelopment uh, from that point forward. So that was around June of 2021 when we really started to kick things off through its deployment and pilot in October of 2021. Wow. So Sarah, you were really involved in in the program uh, for an extended period. And I see how it could give you a great perspective when you were leading the reimagining of the program. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Take-Two, when it began, and how it's evolved since it first launched? Yeah, absolutely. So we partnered with um, you all, I relaunched in 2016, uh, with a vision of really challenging ourselves to be a more inclusive employer, and also tap into a really undertapped and undervalued pool of talent, which are relaunchers. Um, we uh, The model at first was a 12-week returnship model, which aligned with a specific project. So at the end of your 12-week assignment, you'd have a deliverable, something that we could assess and, and, and see if the competency level was where it should be. 
our supports during those 12 weeks included mentorship, executive sponsorship and interactions, as well as um, a professional redevelopment um, cycle as well. Those who were successful in that 12-week returnship, we made a best effort to make them an offer in the same role that they returned within. So um, if you returned within a design release engineering role, the goal was that you'd be assigned a design release engineering full-time role at the end, hopefully within the exact same team that you're already placed. Um, the program was really highly successful. So 91% on average of our returners were eligible for full-time offers. And we had a cohort uh, hosted twice per year, once in the spring and once in the fall. Um, some of the evolution is that, you know, we didn't consider gender as we moved on. It, it's not a women-only program. And we migrated to new areas of the business. Originally, it was only solely in engineering. Thank you so much, Sarah, for outlining that. I remember the origin of the program uh, back in late 2015. Uh, GM was one of the inaugural members of the STEM reentry task force that we at iRelaunch run with the Society of Women Engineers. And I remember when the program launched in, in 2016. So uh, quite a, a history there. And also your... Uh, eligibility rate at, at the end of the program at 91% is, is a really high number. And it confirms that the model of bringing people back in uh, after career breaks through returnships and now through direct hire is, is very successful. Um, can you take us through now uh, what the new Take-Two looks like and maybe give us some background in terms of uh, is the program remote? Is it in person? And what types of programming and support is involved in the new version? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that was really important to me uh, was ensuring that we didn't lose the integrity of the Take-Two model. We got that 91% returner eligibility rate for a reason. Um, so I partnered closely with the previous program owner who was also very passionate about this point of um, maintaining integrity. And uh, we pulled together data um, and even produced a new survey data from the participants and from hiring leaders to, to understand what were the essential elements of the Take-Two model as it existed uh, that really bolstered them for success, for feeling confident and to be prepared for those full-time offers. So there are a few things that we um, identified is uh, we needed to ensure that there was still the mentorship in place. Uh, we identified that there was a need to add some additional support in place for um, technical uh, learning and development, as well as um, ensuring that the teams that they were placed within were prepared as well. So not every team might be ready, depending on the balance of um, you know, seasoned versus entry level versus is the hire, you know, the hiring leader going to retire in two months or things that might cause additional disruption or um, might damage the success rate of a relauncher. So um, we have kind of looked holistically at what made the program successful in the past, what will make it successful in the future, and kind of lifted and shifted those elements into a full-time model. So that's where we are today. So rather than it being a returnship, it is a 12-week on-ramp. So versus it being, 
no benefits on day one. Now you have benefits on day one. There's no disruption at 12 weeks to say, hey, we're making you a full-time offer. It's going to be for a completely different team. So we kind of smoothed it out, um, the process and the experience, and created it a more competitive offer from our standpoint for relaunchers to join us um, by moving from a returnship model to this direct hire model. Um, and I think the biggest thing is ensuring that everything that's available is also on demand. I think that's the biggest lift and shift that we've had as well. In the past with our cohort model, um, we only had you know a development day mid-cycle and you'd go to that development day with your peers and you know that was the only time it was offered. Whereas now all of our um, learning and development from a professional standpoint is on demand. It mirrors the activities that are in your mentor, your Take-Two Mentor Toolkit, so that you have reinforcing activities that you do together. You can go back and review that at a later date if you had a particularly busy week. It's not like it's one time, one and done. You also have access ongoing. There's a discussion board, some really cool stuff that we've added to be able to make um, a more digital community. And one of the questions you asked, Carol, was around mm-hmm. um, how the model looks from a remote versus on-site. Um, so all of the roles that we have in the pilot today are reflective of what those um, groups and those organizations have along with our work appropriately model. Mm-hmm. Um, so at GM, we have a work appropriately model, which means where can you do your job successfully? That's primarily determined by the unit, the business unit. Um, The roles that we've piloted in within engineering product development, IT, manufacturing engineering, and manufacturing, um, all of those are either in a hybrid or a fully on-site model. Obviously, within the manufacturing plant, you you really need to be there. So again, it's a bit role-dependent. As we move into the next iterations in 2022, um, I'm sure that we will have some roles, again, depending on the particular role, the particular group, if the role designates that it is a fully remote role, there is definitely potential there for that as well. Today, again, like I said, the roles that we um, just recently piloted with were either hybrid, meaning you're within 50 miles of a GM location, you might be on site some days, you might be working from home some days, and then some roles which are fully on site. Got it. Very helpful. And I just want to clarify for our audience that Direct hire and what Sarah's describing is a program where you are hired as an employee from day one. Uh, So as she's describing with benefits, et cetera. So you, uh, does that mean that people are applying to a specific role uh, when they're applying to the program? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, with the roles that we just listed, we we picked some areas of the business where we know we have a lot of need and we, we need your talent here. And we had um, job postings that were specifically listing take two and individuals kind of funneled through there. Um, a screening process happened to ensure that they were eligible for the role. And then we we paired up with our recruiting peers and our HR peers to find the best aligned specific teams that had um, a hiring opening available. So for instance, uh, design release engineering, we had one posting rather than posting the 50 different possible areas that you could work, we had you apply to just one. And then on the back end, we said, okay, great. This person has, I don't know, experience in seats. We're going to go and make sure that they get on the seats requisition and there they go and they get through that. 
um, individual process for that specific role. Um, so we tried to create it as fluid as possible, but we did have roles listed as take two that were uh, where we were funneling everyone to apply to. Got it. Um, Sarah, thank you for giving that detail. Can we spend a little time talking about eligibility now? Uh, who is eligible for take two? How long career break do they need to have? How do you even define career break? And can you talk a little bit about eligibility in general? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we look at a career break as two plus years away from your field. Um, that could be working in another industry. It could be fully unemployed. Um, and then one of the other eligibility factors is at least two years of experience in your skill area before that break. And the real reason for that is with less than two years of experience, we'd really see you more as entry level. Whereas if you have two years of experience within your field, you're really an experienced candidate walking in the door. You just happen to have a career break. Exactly. And um, just so people don't self-select out of the program, in, in, but maybe they're still eligible, we will sometimes get questions like, well, if I was a substitute teacher or I, I did some occasional consulting um, or I taught, you know, as, as an adjunct lecturer at a university um, a, a couple of semesters, does that make people ineligible or how do you treat that like occasional income stream or maybe like a side in, income stream, like I'm, you know, I'm working for Instacart or something like that, just to bring in a little side income. How do you treat those cases? Yeah. So we really look at it as, did you take a break away from the core skills you'd need to deploy in that specific way. So I'll give you an example. In our manufacturing space, we have what we call manufacturing group leaders, which essentially are supervisors that leans heavily on your leadership's core skills. If you took a break away from leading people for about two years, I mean, maybe you led a, a Girl Scout troop or something like that, but that's highly different. Um, so in, in that case, we would consider you eligible. If you did freelance, I don't know if you sold real estate or Mary Kay or um, something else that's really outside of your core field, that's not the same skills you would need to necessarily deploy as a Java developer or a controls engineer or whatever that might be. Now, are there competencies that you may have leveraged along the way? Absolutely. So we encourage you to highlight those even when you're interviewing. Don't shy away from them. You did have valuable experiences, even if you were away from your field. But we kind of look at, is it directly aligned? Were you a Java developer in the last two years full-time? No, okay. then you're eligible. Yeah. Very helpful. Sarah, I wanted to ask you a question that's, that's actually a pretty hot topic right now in our private Facebook group, the iRelaunch Return to Work Forum. And there's some discussion there about this topic of pre-qualifying questions when people need to answer a, a few questions at the beginning of the online application process. And if they don't answer them correctly, uh, you can't really move forward in the process. And the question that's hanging people up is, um, you know, if, if you ask a, first of all, do you ask a pre-qualifying question? Is it something like, you know, have you taken a career break, a, a two-year career break or longer? If a person you know, did work occasionally on the side or outside their field, 
uh, and they, they, they get nervous about whether they would be considered lying if they say, yes, I took the career break. Can you give relaunchers some guidance around how to handle the answer to that question? Yeah, I would say take the most liberal route, um, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. The reason employers put that in place is to basically eliminate people who are currently working full time in their field who are applying for everything, because we really want to maintain the integrity of what we have out there as a posting. Um, it's just one way to help our recruiters sort through um, and get to the people who are really eligible. And that's you. Um, so if you think about um, did you have a full-time job in this specific field? Yes or no? You should be able, that's a pretty clear answer. And that's really what those questions mean. And we do have one and it asks, have you been working in this particular space for in the last two years? And we actually have a gradient you can choose from. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason that is, is again, it's just to help our recruiters sort out the folks that are are not really take two or relaunch or eligible. Um, so I'd take the most liberal route possible. Um, I recommend just say yes. Uh, honestly, even if you've had a part-time job or you know you took a free a freelance um, UI design you know role that came your way, that you know if it was a couple months, things like that, that's not a full-time job, and that's really what that question is intended to do. Um, so I'd highly recommend answer it. It's not a a matter of like your integrity. It's just a matter of helping recruiters sort through, um, the folks that we're really looking for. And if an employer is being very specific, that's what the phone screen is for. And you can even tell them that, Hey, you know, when I got to that question, I was a little confused. And so we can, we can discuss that and let's clarify. And I'll tell you about my experience. Um, most employers, if they have a relauncher program available, their goal is they want to find you. So don't um, don't think that you're misrepresenting. The other thing I'd encourage you to think about is um, know that most hiring processes take a month or two before you're even going to probably get to the formal interview or an offer. In that case, think about the timeline. So if you're just shy of about two years, still say yes. Because again, it's it. This isn't a hard and fast, you know, line in the sand. There's always going to be a little bit of gradient. I think you'll find most employers are a little bit open on that. And again, you can say, "Well, I anticipated the timeline is going to be around my two-year mark." <laughs> wow, Sarah, I can't tell you how reassuring this answer is because in the thread, people are worried that if they say yes, but then there's actually some. Uh, you know, working activity on their resume during the period that that they would be viewed as lying on the application or something. But I I see what you're saying, um, and and the, in the spirit of the program, h- how you are encouraging people to answer that question, and it's just super helpful. So thank you. Oh, no problem. Um, and actually, let's just get into the interview process a little bit. Can you give us a little, you, you were talking about a timeline. Can you, can you bring people through the timeline? And what is the process? Um, is there a screening and how many interviews are there? And what are the different stages? Yeah, so at GM, um, we actually have a pretty, um, a lot, quite a bit of variation in the way that we interview and assess talent. And again, depending on the role that you're looking at for take two, there will be some variation as well. Um, some of the things that you can expect to be standard is one, after applying for the take two specific requisition that we'll have posted out there, you'll get a call from a recruiter to conduct a phone screen. So again, we're assessing for 
basic qualifications, and then understanding where's the best fit for this person, right? We have various groups that that are involved with our take two programming that we could place you in, but where's the best fit? So, and it could be one or more roles. So that's really the role of the screen is to say, are you eligible? Um, what spaces do we want to kind of like get you aligned to specifically? And then three, um, we want to prepare you. So we'll let you know, okay, so I'm going to match you up to these two positions. Now, let me tell you about the hiring process that's unique to each of these. Um, some of the things that we use at GM um, are Hire View, which is a video assessment. It's essentially you yourself, you know, sitting in front of the camera and recording yourself answering a question um, or a set of questions that's delivered. So all candidates go through that same process. In some of our technical spaces, like IT, we do have coding assessments, although those are more rare. Some roles, they will have you take the technical assessment. And that's really just to understand what's the baseline of what this person is able to perform at with from a coding perspective. But mm -hmm. standard, most roles will go through phone screen. There might be a video assessment. It depends. If it's higher volume areas, they will use that as a means to kind of assess through and wade through the talent. Um, but not all roles have that. And then the final interview. Uh, the final interview is all of our, our interviews right now are still virtual, even if it's an on-site role because of, of COVID. I imagine in the, I don't know, months, years, I'm not sure where we're at in this whole process. Uh, someday we'll probably have on-site interviews again. <laughs> right. um, today we're still virtual for all roles. Um, our our, um, our uh, technology works with your laptop, your desktop. It can work with your phone. Um, so it's pretty um, pretty intuitive. Um, those interviews are anywhere from about 90 minutes to two hours in length, anywhere from about two to four interviewers will be present. And we do lean a lot on behavior-based questions. So uh, look up the STAR method if you don't know what that is. Um, practice some questions with your partner or a friend. Um, it's really basically, it's a storytelling. That's what behavior-based questions and answers look like. Tell me about a time when dot, dot, dot. Um, so, um, the, after the final interview, um, then we would make a, an offer decision depending on the number of candidates they may be having consideration. That process can go very quickly. Um, if you're the, you're, you know, one of only a couple, or if you're the last person to interview, but if you're the first person to interview and you have, you know, maybe five people behind you, you just have to know that the process can, you know, vary a little bit on how quickly it it runs depending on, you know, kind of the model that is specific to that role. Um, yeah. So I, I would say look up star-based um, interviewing if you haven't done it before or aren't familiar or you're just out of practice. And I know it feels awkward, but practice with a friend. And honestly, if you get a recruiter on the phone, ask them, <laughs> hey, um, can we run through some behavior-based questions? Would you want to <laughs> practice with me? Um, I'm always happy to do that with candidates. And I think most folks that are, are looking to prepare relaunchers um, have the same goal in mind as well. Wow, that's terrific. And I just want to remind our audience that HireVue, it's spelled H-I-R-E-V-U-E. And we actually have a podcast with a relauncher who works at HireVue 
talking about HireVue, explaining it, and, and giving some resources that HireVue itself provides in terms of how to prepare for the HireVue video screening. So I'd also direct you to that. Um, Sarah, one clarifying question on the coding assessments, are they timed or not timed? Uh, it depends on how it's set up, but generally they are timed. Okay. All right. That's helpful. I'm going to have to listen to your um, podcast on HireVue because, I mean, yeah. frankly, I probably need to work on my HireVue skills too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we, we will definitely get that information to you. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, we're finding HireVue is used a lot. So we wanted to make sure that everyone was completely familiar with it. And it was really wonderful to have a relauncher be the person that we interviewed about it. All right. So, Sarah, can you tell our audience where they can find more information about Take Two or how they can find out more information about Take Two? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to careers.gm.com, in our about section, we have a mentorship and growth. There is a bit more information there. Our uh, pilot roles are, are closed now, but you'll see more of those being listed in Q1 of 2022. I'm going to estimate early February, and uh, you should be able to look for take two in our search box, and you'll see the postings. But for now, again, careers.gm.com, our mentorship and growth page. Excellent. And as we wind up, our, I want to get to our final question, which is the one we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Yeah, absolutely. I think my biggest piece of advice is don't doubt yourself and don't shy away from your gap in your resume. You are skilled and you bring unique perspective and experiences, and frankly, that's desirable for inclusive employers, and that's where you want to work anyway. Um, so don't view your gap as something that's a flaw. It's a part of your story. So don't shy away from it. Don't hesitate to use examples. If you've got something from when you led something at your child's school and you had to lead other people and you have a question on leadership, tell us about that, right? So I would say don't, um, don't be shy. Lean into it and know that you bring unique skills and perspective and you can do this. That's wonderful advice. And, you know, it, it underscores what Take Two is all about, that a Take Two is a program where you have to have a career break in order to be eligible to apply for and participate in it. So it is a, uh, a program and a process where you are not only welcome to talk about your career break, but you're really encouraged uh, to talk about your career break. So we're very excited about GM's Take Two program. It's one of the longer running programs. And now, Sarah, you have led the complete reimagining of it. And uh, we're excited to see what's to come. Uh, and also what you're doing is really innovative. And so innovation is always this process of trying things and and then tweaking or you know making making adjustments along the way and i feel like we're right in the middle of that right now with with uh with take two so very exciting sarah thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much carol this was just absolutely a pleasure and thanks for listening to 321 i relaunched the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies advice and success stories 
I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.